Good evening, friends. Welcome back to the front porch. My name is Dennis Rogers, and I'm joined, as always, by Michael Daniels. How's it going, Mike? How was your Monday? Wonderful, Dennis. How was your Monday? Uh, not bad. Not bad. Uh, had worse. My car is in the shop, which is unfortunate. Um, that's that's a not a great thing. What, what's what's wrong with it? The... Uh, it won't it won't start. Um, <laughs> that's in, that's a thing that can be wrong with cars. Yes. Yep. Yep. Just in general, uh, insert you ran out of gas, right? You just, you in, just didn't insert. Put gas in it. Uh, well, diesel. But no, it. Yeah. Insert a boomeresque rant here about newfangled cars with their push button starts. Although, not that I didn't have plenty of experience over the years with uh, normal key ignition cars not starting and having to pump the accelerator and all that jazz but uh yep. yeah got it towed to the shop and uh hoping i won't have to extend my stay here in this park because it is cold probably not as cold as it is where you are but it's uh well my phone cold says enough. 31 but i know that's not true it's it's probably like 28 29 not as cold <laughs> as it was just before christmas uh up in tennessee but um yeah, it's cold. I'm, my water's unhooked and everything. Cause it's, that, that's as uh, that's as cold as it is here. We uh, we're, we're we're freezing it. I yeah, there's a there's a winter storm coming through uh, northern Texas. That's what's happening. Oh, yeah. Same thing happened mid February, I want to say last year. Um, but eh, is is what it is. I have electricity. I have heat. Um, I have water. Be- to better last off night. than some people. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, the, uh, um, I, I, this time of year, as anyone has watched, listened to us last four years knows that, that I, I get that, uh, seasonal affective stuff. So, you know, gray skies, freezing cold stuff. It, it, today, today was the, when you ask how the money is, it's today, it's, it's the day that just getting from the parking lot to my office felt like a chore that I had to like put my head down and just kind of mm. go through the grayness. Uh, I watched, we had to have been a TikTok recently how, um, maybe you posted it or something. It was, uh, uh, yeah, I think it, you might have. Where It was, um, you look out into the world in February and it just looks like the, the sad mining colonies of, of, you know, a movie that everything is depressing <laughs> and sad. I'm like, yeah, that's just the world in February and January. It's terrible. Um, but, but not, not everywhere. Uh, uh, you know, I need I need to get rich where I can have a summer home and, and a winter home. That's and they just be be happy all year round, and sure, you know, yeah. south of the equator and, and north of the equator, and <laughs> be be good with that. Um, so nice. yeah, that, that, that's my Monday too. Night, terrible gray skies here, and, and and not so great for for weather wise. But um, world goes on. We're we're planning um our next ICG con, and uh, usually we do it a little that's earlier. We're doing a little bit late this year, but we're. Uh, you know, I'm getting I'm getting excited about it. We played. Um, uh, I had a good birthday party this this last week, and that was real fun. Um, so, and I got to play some games. Um, I got to play games with our buddy Pete, which I hadn't played in literally years. Hmm. Um, and that was super fun. Had a great time. And Aaron, it was Pete, it was Pete, Aaron, me, Chris, and Trotsky. Um, and it just kind of had the feeling of like, oh, this is like the old old days type stuff. Um, and we were all going to play several games. And then just like the old days, I remembered that all of us just talk a lot, uh, sure. imbibe a lot. And then <laughs> every turn takes forever. Um, right. But, but a 
again, that's something I love about a good friend group that you can get together is that um, even when a turn takes a long time, I don't notice it as much because you're all hanging out and having a good time. Sure. Right. Um, which, which makes things uh, considerably better and easier. And we, we played um, just on that topic. We played Wrath of the Lich King, the pandemic type game. Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And we played that before and I, I probably to comment on the show, but it, it it's the second or third time I've played it. It remains a great game. It really is good. Um, it takes everything that's not... Uh, Pandemic's a great game, so I don't say that. But but it takes the bad things of Pandemic and makes them better. It does the, does the WoW thing. I um, was going to say I've never played that, but as you're describing it, I kind of think maybe I have. If, if you haven't, you really should. Um, you know, themed skinned games aren't always great. but No, right. Um this one, this one is, and um, and everyone who's played it when we played it has felt the same way. Like when it's done, we feel real good about it. We lost, by the way, and I think this is the second and other third times that we've lost. And we didn't play it on hard mode; we played it on normal. Hmm. Um, and we were doing pretty good, but when we lost, we were like, "Oh yeah, we lost. We could have done X, Y, or Z better." Um, but we just made other choices. Um, and and we right, were fine right. with it. I mean, you know, we we lost to Arthas. We did get to Arthas, and we we lost to him. Um, you know, made some long-term bad choices earlier on. Right. But yeah, it's, it's a cooperative game that was pretty fun. And you do feel, you do feel like you're got that world of Warcraft type stuff, you know, in pandemic, um, those people who haven't played the game pandemic, you're trying to save the world from a deadly virus that's coming across the world. Right. And it's you know, the, the real world, America, Russia, China, you know, all the things, Europe and, mm-hmm. um, Africa. And when, in this one, it's Northrend, right? So or it's all of, or not Northrend, um, it's all of the Warcraft world. Um, actually, right. I think it is just North. I think it actually just is Northrend. Um, I think but so. But you, so, so you're, the locations are all there. Um, and then it's not, it's not a, a virus that's outbreaking. It's the undead that are outbreaking. Yeah, the, uh, the plague, what's it called? The blight? The scourge. The, the scourge, blight, yeah. that's it. Yeah. The blight so, is, so, uh, so instead of, you know, little time. cubes that you put out like you do in Pandemic, you put out little miniatures that are the undead guys, right? The little, little ghouls, yeah. Yeah, and, th- and then when they get enough of them on, on a space, you, instead you of Pandemic a, turning into other, other little cubes, yeah, you put an A-bomb down. Okay, um, I've so definitely played like, this. I remember too many of the details to not have. Right, and, exactly. And then it, as, you know, we, we, we just, because we drank too much alcohol and we're we just keep calling it obamas and we put obamas out oh um yeah which is you know awesome it's if if you're not familiar with um old old kind of old school world of warcraft uh nomenclature a bomb is the is the the abbreviation nickname for abominations which are big uh like frankenstein's monster kind of undead with three arms and work guys and the patchwork yeah. was the Naxxramas boss, and if you played Heroes of the Storm, uh, the character Stitches is an Stitches. abomination. And uh, so, so it has all those kind of things. So I think that you, I mean, the mechanics work. Many of the mechanics work in the same way that when you're when your turn is over, you draw a number of cards to where the undead scourge will appear or sure. the virus would appear. You know. Um, and all those mechanics are, are all pandemic mechanics. Um, yeah. but, but instead of, like I said, just dice, you're actually little creatures. And then instead of going there with your healing medical kit, 
uh, and removing cubes. You're going there and fight, you know, rolling a dice and using cards to attack the monsters, right? Mm-hmm. To, to, sure. to lower the threat. And then, and then running, then your goal, instead of going to find a cure, you're trying to get to an area and, and um, complete a quest, right? That, sure. that you have to do to uncover Arthas and everything. So, so it, it has, it's the, the theme works really well, improves the game. And then some of the mechanics that they changed made it just better, more fun. And it's, you know, relatively short game overall. Um, not for us, of course, we spent like two hours, two and a half hours on it. <laughs> um, but, um, but the, the thing is, it's still, it's still very, very fun. And I would, if anyone is a fan of Warcraft in general or Blizzard games uh, and hadn't been a, a board game player, you know, you can usually introduce them to Pandemic or Catan and things like that to get them that that uh, um, gateway drug. But, you know, uh, right. World of Warcraft, this the, the board game, it's Wrath of the Lich King, uh, is fantastic and, and high, highly recommend that one. Um, nice. So, yeah. And I would play it again. Like, you come into town, like, let's play it again. I think it's five players, so... Um, that's pretty good. We to start tomorrow. I'm hoping, cross my fingers, we start tomorrow playing the next, uh, the first expansion to Journeys in Middle Earth on our mm. Tuesday group. Nice. Um, I'm actually really excited about that because it's our our group's return to Legacy Games, right? Um, which we haven't had since the pandemic, and um, we're back to two two full groups. Um, they're they're not six player groups, but they're they're four and five player group. Um, and it's, you know, Journeys of Middle Earth is a, um, cooperative game that is not necessarily light on rules, but all of the rules are mainly hidden because it's all like in a, in the laptop or the, the iPad or whatever. And the rule books don't tell you really all of the rules that are happening in the background. Um, so I'm excited. That makes me happy because I don't have to think too you don't have to get analysis paralysis too much, right? Sure. You just you, you go into combat with what you think is the best that you can have for your stat abilities, and then you just do, make the choices that come up on the screen based on role playing reasons, um, because you don't really know the odds of things. Um, so I can play with anyone in a cooperative game and not worry that there's going to be too much alpha playering, because they don't really know either, right? Sure. Um, and and that that makes me real excited. We're playing with I think our group is me, Chris, Pat, and another player. I can't think of who it might be. Um, but we're real real excited for that one. And that starts tomorrow, so we'll we'll see how that goes. Played through the first game, and now we'll play through the second one. The other game being played is Zombie Side. Um, mm-hmm. that ha- we talked about that a couple weeks ago. I heard about that? Yeah, a campaign thing that is uh, your brother and um, Andrew and Justin. And Trotsky, and I think one other person who I can't think of right now, maybe Joe. Joe, maybe. Yeah. yeah. So, so I, I'm I'm really excited about that. Um, get getting that going um, every every other week now. See, see how that goes. Nice. We had um, virtual game night last week. Um, I think. Oh, I missed that too. How, how, what games did you play? Did you um, play that? Um, the game. The one game I saw with the. Trotsky really wanted to play. Oh, I described it last week. I, did, just tell me what you played. No. I don't think so. We played a game called 
It's a Wonderful Life. It's a Wonderful World. Yeah, that's it. That's it. That's the game. Um, I, I, again, this is, you know, whatever. We play so many games and yeah, yeah. Th- th- there's a stable of games that um, just get frequent replay on Board Game Arena, right? We just... <coughs> Fox, Fox. Well, not not um not B, <laughs> not, I'm not on bga but um games that just throughout the week when the game is done you know we'll start another somebody will start another one and um sometimes games fall off of that for a while and you know then we'll come back and like oh hey we haven't played dice forge in a few months dice and forge, right, yeah. those are um what dice forge potion explosion Seven Wonders Architects. Dinosaurs. Um, uh, we actually haven't played Dinosaurs. Uh, what's that called? Dino... Uh, zoo thing or something? Dinosaurus? It's, 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 it's not just Dinosaurs. It's some, something else in the name that's not coming to me. Uh, King of Tokyo is another one. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of those kind of in between, like, on a 1 to 10 difficulty scale, they're like 3 to 6 or something. Yeah, we, we barely um, have to think on your turn. Right. right, right. There's not a lot of interaction. There's not a uh, space base has become one of those. Anyway, um, so I didn't remember playing this game. And then as I looked at it, as the game started up, I was like, oh, yeah, I played this. I played it in real life somewhere, either at Trotsky's oh, in or real at, life, even. Okay. At, at Fox's. Um, somebody has a copy of it. I'm pretty sure it's Trotsky. Um, this. Did you say you've played this? Yeah, this is the one I described last week on the show. Which, yeah, which was, you were talking about was, uh, the kind of... If you don't of, know it in the first couple rounds, then you're way too far behind to catch up. Yeah, thing. I almost won. I came... I, th- I think nice. Fox beat me out by like two points or something. Nice. Um, but Trotsky gave me the piece of advice, which is your starting faction card kind of informs your strategy. And I started a turn-based game where we had balanced... Um, there's a setting on board game arena like uh balanced starting towns and our starting towns were all the same right we all got the same resources with no like automatic bonus uh which is different no fun (laughs) yeah when we played last tuesday um my starting faction card whatever said you know i'll get one point for every green building so this is a a sort of engine builder game where there Mm -hmm. are uh cards or buildings of different colors and you build those with resources and they also generate resources the catch is that the resources generate in order by color it's like white black green yellow blue or something like that that, that's the that's the key mechanic i found out in round three of five (laughs) yeah and so if you if you have a card that generates black resources and you can build it with the resources you have and you know with like discarding cards or whatever on your first turn like either before the the phase starts or on your white phase then you'll collect that black resource in the black phase um which is sort of the whole not the whole thing like Uh, they're pretty much just that's like that is pretty much the game it's it's important and there's a lot of counting because you go through this drafting phase, right? Where everybody has a hand of cards. They pick one. They pass the hand around, right? Like mm-hmm. Seven Wonders or Sushi Go. And 
of those cards, you decide which ones you're going to build and which ones you're going to discard. So you can sometimes draft cards just for the discard value, doing that math and going, okay, if I can get one more blue card to discard, then I'll be able to build this card before green phase, and then I'll have enough resources in green phase to... And that's what happened to me in the game we played. I ended up with two big cards that would... um, give me two points per green building because my starting faction gave me a point per green building. And I'm like, well, I should just focus on green buildings. That's simple enough. Um, And then I got two that each gave me two points per green building. And I'm like, oh, well, I'm just going to get one of these. It's not going to, I don't have the resources to get both of them. But then I realized on the last turn, because I normally, I normally am very much like, what are the, what are the simple, straightforward things I can do to make my turn as short as possible. I'm probably not going to win, but I don't want to sit here trying to, like, you know, pull blood from a stone to get one more point out of this thing like like some of our friends do. Um, yeah, yeah, math everything out. Math everything yeah. out. And, and But then I realized one of those big bonus cards gave me three wild resources when I completed it. And so then the whole thing opened up from, like, wait, no, maybe I do have enough resources to get both of these. And I did that, and then, again, came second place, but was very close to winning, like, kind of almost accidentally, uh, which was fun. Yeah, yeah the, it's, uh, I think my review last week was that I, uh, I didn't do well because I didn't understand it, because I, I think it's not a game that a new player plays with people who's even played it a couple times. Um, I could see that. And, and, and has a chance. But, but that that... Wild sounds like a knock shouldn't be because that's just fine. You, you pick it's it's not a difficult game. It takes very long, and right. uh, you can get through it and warrants multiple playthroughs. Um, and it's a good, fun, solid little game. I, it's it's a wonderful world. Feels like a weird name for that game because it doesn't describe any of the themes. <laughs> it is a steampunk. It is a very strange. It's very steampunk. Um, one of the biggest strengths I think it has is that. Um, for the most part, unless one person is taking an exceptionally long time, um, everybody kind of acts at the same time, right? So you can, it. I think it plays like up to seven because there are no turns, right? Just like in Sushi Go, um, everybody drafts a card and then they pass. So yeah, you're waiting for the last person to pick before they go, but everybody's picking at the same time. And then when you get into the production phase, um, everybody collects their resources. You figure out who got the most of a partic- of whatever color it is, and they get a bonus. And then everybody does their building all at the same time. So yeah. the worst you ever have to do is wait for the last person to pick, which is exactly... I mean, that happens at Sushi Go all the time. Like, you know, oh, you know, somebody doesn't have their card picked yet, so we got to wait... For them before we all can flip but that's the most downtime like in a normal turn-based game you're sitting there for 20 minutes waiting for everybody else to play um right and yeah it's what i like about simultaneous play as they call yeah, it. yeah yeah all of it's pretty great i mean i'm not i'm not going to call it like a glowing review of you must go buy this game but but i think <laughs> it was a very fun enjoyable game it's it's a a Euro style game. If those listening wonder, you know, know what a Euro style game is, it's highly based on mechanics and not theme or story in any way. It's, sure. it's someone 
I always think of these games as they were thought from the mechanics of how the game works first, and then they put the game on it. Kind of like a Monopoly would almost be like a Euro. I know it's not a Euro game, but it's like a Euro game in the fact that buying and selling real estate has nothing to do with going around a circle on a board, you know. Um, sure. Or, or buying. Yeah, it's 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 not like it's kind of like that. But anyway, that's this is a Euro game where it's got mechanics heavy first, and then they, but really none of the themes matter or make any. At, at all in any way. Right. Um, so, so, you know, I enjoy those kind of things. Those are fun. And I did enjoy that one game. And is, I, I, I miss now that I, that I didn't get to play it again. I probably wouldn't have done as well either, <laughs> but I, um, because you know, it does have those kind of mechanic games. The good ones at least have, um, advanced things that if you pick up on them, you can, you can figure it out, I guess, you know, like you were mentioning the, the trick of, if you are able to build a, a black building w- with your white stuff in the early turn order, then you'll be able to also take an extra turn with the black one. Um, right. Then, you know, as opposed to like you just buy your stuff and then buy, buy them in order as they come along. But if you understand that advanced mechanic, then the game is A, more enjoyable, I think, and B, you have a huge leg up because you figured out the game. Sure. So, um yeah, I, I would play that again and just have to, to, to do that one. I actually think in person those games are fun to play multiple times in a row with a low player, player count so that you can sure. just kind of go through it and, and learn the stuff. Uh, what else do we got this week? Um, <clears throat> hey, you got to tell me about something. Uh, you guys have been talking about this um, TV show called Poker Face. Um, <laughs> I've seen it's It's been going around and around. And everybody, it's a... Uh, even people who don't always watch TV shows in our check group have been talking about it, but it feels like it's a heist movie, but I don't really know. So you're explaining it to me because no one is really being clear about anything the way they're saying it. it's all very cryptic in the way they're talking. Okay. About I, I only heard about this peripherally because, um, when we talked about glass onion, I watched a, uh, a YouTube video about that movie and the lead actress in Poker Face is um, Natasha uh, Leon, Leone, um, girl from Russian Doll and uh, yeah. Orange is the New Black. Okay. Um, she's in that movie in Glass Onion uh, when Benoit Blanc is on the Zoom call playing yes, Among yes, Us. I, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, because this is a TV show uh, created by Ryan Johnson. Yep. Uh, of of Knives Out and Glass Onion and a Star Wars movie we don't talk about. Um, <laughs> and it is trying to be a modern day Columbo. Now, I never watched Columbo, and I know you were a real big fan of that series. I, is it just I mean, a detective I, show? I watched it as a kid, so there are a couple of things. Um, I watched it as a kid with my grandma because she loved oddly she probably would have listened to murder mystery podcasts if those existed when she was still living um yeah she loved that kind of stuff and i was a kid so i didn't really get it and i watched some of it i don't know last year um it's it's hard for me to watch because the episodes are very long they're basically like tv movies they're like 90 minutes long um this show is similar where the episodes are about an hour ish plus or minus kind of the same way that the last of us is doing um the the 
unique thing about Columbo is that there is no there's no mystery for the audience to solve. Um, the episode what opens. So that's kind of like the definitive part of detective shows. <laughs> well, um, so in most crime shows, series, all those procedural detective shows that they make here and, and in the UK, um, you just start with like somebody finding a body, right? It's like somebody's jogging and they see an arm in a trash can and they scream and they roll the, the theme song. Um, okay. In Columbo, um, and and Poker Face is doing it slightly differently. But in Columbo, the episode would start showing you the murder, right? The two characters, and one of them does something, and he does a thing, and he sort of covers his tracks and wipes the phone down and has gloves on and, and does all that stuff, right? Like, you see all of it happening. Okay. And then the rest of the episode, you watch Columbo walk around and kind of bumble his way and pretend to be dumber than he is and and manipulate people into a confession right because he's he's noticing he's picking up on stuff and he's uh something yeah. i don't understand is that you said your wife was you know whatever and 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 back him and Ch- like they, him in a, in a thing, yeah, yeah they get they get so sick of him that they just let something slip um yeah. The the thing um, Poker Phase is doing that's different than that is that they they still will show us the murder first, but then um, Charlie, the main character, will show up before it happens. Right, so it's an okay. interesting sort of time thing. Like we see the murder happen. And then the episode proper will start with Charlie coming into town the day before or something, right? And okay. so she'll meet these characters. And then the 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 very Knives Out-esque gimmick of it is that she has a mysterious, unexplainable, supernatural ability to tell when people are lying. Okay. She just She just knows if somebody is willfully is saying something intentionally untrue um and she's also not a cop like the first episode sets up and i only sort of half watched the first episode which is probably a mistake but um she used to play poker right she could win at poker all the time because she always knew when people were lying and cheating (laughs) right it's cheating and so she gets blacklisted from every casino and every home game and you know a very mm-hmm. very movie logic thing to happen and so she from the second episode onward is on the run from somebody who i think is some big like casino kingpin guy who has guys after her so she's okay. living out of her car and traveling from town to town she just happens to come across right which is a goofy tv show thing but she always happens to come into town when a murder is about to happen and then somebody will die, and she's like, well, I'm not a cop. It's not my business. But, you know, she'll see, she'll catch somebody in a lie, and or some piece of the puzzle won't add up, um, and she'll, you know, figure it out in that way. Yeah. Um, 
it it has very convenient kind of crime drama writing right where you know she'll back somebody into a confession or do something she'll figure out some clever way to get that person caught without ever like talking to the police herself because she's on the run right she doesn't want to give her name to anybody um and i've only seen two episodes they they it's um oh i forget which streamer it's on but they they dropped all four the first four episodes um the first week and i've seen three of them and they're pretty good the runtime is still long so i watch them fairly sped up um because the runtime is long and there are parts of it that are kind of slow I, I gotta paced. say, I still find that amazing that, that you that you do that. I know a lot of there are not a lot, but I know several people do that. But it's gotta have be a total different experience when people are talking in a higher pitched voice and quickly. It's so it's not like it's not double speed, right? It's like one point one or one point two. The only times I really notice it are sometimes. <laughs> Um, that shows your impatience like i just can't handle normal speed of life (laughs) i i just know that like i'll get bored with it otherwise um when the when the runtime is really long and the pacing is kind of slow um that's why they have those speed options right if there's a lot of music i'll notice the characters singing too fast um i watched our movie in normal speed uh partly for that reason um Mm -hmm. because there's a lot of music in that movie right um but it's not i don't notice a change in pitch in characters voices i do sometimes notice if if they are talking really fast it'll seem even worse or i watched an episode of the last of us and some of the camera movements that were very like naughty dog video game esque um yeah i think were exacerbated by that increase in speed um, I didn't notice it in the third episode, but I won't talk about that because I know you haven't seen it. Yeah, I I uh, I like those kind of movies. Don't, that actually or movies shows. Um, it's funny. I have seen four shows slash movies or shows, I guess. Now that I think about it, um, mm-hmm. with that actress in it, and all of them are um, of that kind of. I don't know, writing or, or directing or, or kind of movie, I'd say. So she was in Orange is the New Black, right? Mm-hmm. And she was in, uh, um, what's the one, Russian Doll. Yep. And I saw her in Glass Onion and then this one. So she, they all of them have some kind of like cerebral thinking to them, mm. I guess. Or... or smart or intelligent or smart writing maybe is what it is mm-hmm. so she she must uh either be able to pick her movies well or her agent picks her movies well or she uh, knows people uh, in that kind of a way but sure yeah she, I, I i can see that for sure uh, and, and i like that about her because her movies that she's in are, are are pretty good in general i haven't seen one that's been bad yeah although i think orange is the new black went on too long probably I I liked, I mean, I don't say liked, but I appreciated the ending and they showed a lot of like bloopers behind the scenes afterward, but it did. I don't know if I saw the ending. I think I, I, I jumped out at maybe season three. I mean, it gets four. almost, I don't want to say every season, but after a while it gets really hard to watch. I mean, 
I, I don't want to say, and I don't even think this is true reflecting on it. Um, I don't think that it got more difficult over time, but the longer it went on, the more kind of extreme things happened that were just difficult to watch. Yeah. Yeah. That, it, that it, happens it, uh, sometimes. Yeah. And, um, characters, the characters to me in, in that show, uh, were really good but after so many seasons they they kind of didn't either didn't have an arc or the arc started putting them in weird ways like they become i I remember one of the reasons i liked about the couple first season couple few seasons was that these ladies who were in prison kind of it was showing you that they're not all terrible people or even the most terrible people kind of come around in some way that you can appreciate them somehow um and uh, I, I really enjoyed that. But then, it, again, I, I say when series go too long, then they're like, well, this character's arc is completed. What do we do? Let's switch them and go in a different direction. And yeah, and like, yeah, er- early yeah. on. And I don't remember if they ever stopped doing this. But they would do these like half the episode was what's happening in the prison. And then the other half was flashbacks of their life before kind of like Lost did. Yeah. Um. And then, yeah, eventually it's just like one person after another is just like, here's the here's the sort of injustice of how they ended up here. They made one mistake or they had a bad boyfriend or um, one, the uh, oh, what's her name? Who was it? Uh, Tank Girl and. Um, uh, and Free Willy, you know, the actress I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I know who you're talking about. And uh, Lori and, Petty. Uh, baseball one. Yeah. Um, her character was just like a woman who had some kind of, um, mental disability. And so she was homeless and then she, like the neighborhood around her gets gentrified and one of her, she has like a, like a stick with a bunch of bells on it or something that she like rattles by her head that kind of calms her when she's. I don't know. It's not really explained, but it just showed in flashbacks. And, you know, when she's a, you know, homeless person that's invisible to people, that's just whatever. But then when, you know, she's a homeless person a bunch around a bunch of really nice apartments and restaurants, somebody sees her doing that and thinks she's reaching for a weapon and she gets arrested. And they don't know what else to do with her, so they put her in a minimum security prison. Um, mm. And I think there's more to the story than that, but it's just... After a while, you're just like one story after another of just these like tragic, um, yeah, these tragic people. And, and, and maybe but, that's what it was. I, I got kind of exhausted at it. And then for sure, the, the main character also, I at least where I stopped was a, became becoming a little insufferable. Um, and I was like, well, yeah. she was fine, and now and then she got out of prison and then wanted to get back in prison. And I was like, oh, I don't know, yeah. So I, I liked it, but. And I liked the character that we're talking about here. That that one that girl there was always just a great actress in, in that. Of in course, that show. Of course, um, cool. Uh, so we will not speak of Last of Us this week because I've not caught up and You're not caught up. Right. Do not want to speak about any spoilers. Although I know the story, I still, you know, don't want to talk about that. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> um, did we talk about one. Sandman? I think we did last week, but. Can you synopsis or run a synopsis for me so I can remember? Let's summarize. Um, yeah. Have you seen this show? No, have not. 
you have but it was it's based on a comic book i believe yes it is i am not that's what makes me think we talked about it last week but yeah i am not familiar with the comic it's based on um it's it's this weird sort of and this is a thing that i generally get into in usually in book form um it's the normal world but there are these supernatural beings they're not really angels or demons they're kind of in between um okay. although one of them is lucifer played by um oh her name's right there uh brian of tarth um oh yeah i know yeah i can't think of her name um chrome stormtrooper right right phasma. uh phasma um completely wasted character right <laughs> right and um they all have d names so the main character is they call him dream he's the king of dreams um they also call him morpheus i do remember talking about this because you made jokes about morpheus um <laughs> anyway that that show is good there's a lot it's very weird um there's a lot like very little of the magic or the supernatural elements is really explained um which is fine with me it's mostly a story about people even you know morpheus himself is not really a person he's immortal and he has the other he has these siblings right that are that are other sort of you know they take the forms of people but they're also concepts like he is um there are twin siblings desire and despair um he has a sister who's death right she just is sort of like the grim reaper going i mean she looks like a normal person but she goes to people in their last moments and helps them cross over right in a really okay. like very little of that is shown right she just goes to people and talks to them and looks at them and they look at her and they know right and she takes them off off screen um but i'm liking it so far it's weird but in a way that um i mostly don't mind yeah it, it, it i had it's kind of in the same vein for in the comic book world as um oh um constantine what's that huh say again constantine well n no yeah yes from from that genre but i mean uh where it sits in in um uh comic book um i don't know the, the comic book uh hierarchy is um what's the uh, watchman it's in that watchman mm, kind of type sure. thing where like uh, I think it was. In, it's not a Marvel or DC or any kind of big publisher type thing, but right. it was written kind of like I think those those I always envision those things as written by people who would write a book or a novel, but then they make a graphic novel instead. Okay, instead. sure, yeah, and I, and, I, and you know that's what what uh, Watchmen kind of was, and I think that's I have the feeling that's kind of what Sandman was. Um, so when people say, have you read Sandman, whatever, it's not like, have you read Spider-Man? It's like, have you read this one story that's a book type thing and has this one thing? Sure. Um, and, 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 and so I want, I will want to watch, read them. Or when you say, you, have you read Paper Girls, for example, mm -hmm. uh, it, it's, it's got a, actually Paper Girls may be a bad example because I'm not sure if it's got a story, but a, a, a one main story. But yeah, that, that's kind of how that is. And 
those I can see how those can easily, of course, be adapted to to movies and TV shows type stuff because they're, you know, they've got a story to tell. Um, right. Yeah. So no, I have not watched it, but have not also not been turned off by the thought of it. I didn't even know the plot of it until now. You just told me. So now, now I know. Yeah. Uh, since we're on our on our, our visual form of entertainment, <laughs> uh, you want to talk about our show? Sure. This 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 movie has a weird spelling because I tried to type it in like four or five times watching it and it, I always spell it wrong. It's L A B Y R or something kind of labyrinth. Yep, L A B Y R I N T H. It's like rhythm. Lab. I always misspell. But it's labyrinth. Yeah, it's um, the labyrinth is from Greek mythology, I think. There is a um, labyrinth in Greek mythology, yes. Yeah, like the Minotaur and uh, mm-hmm, other mm-hmm. other such things. Um, yeah, we watched Labyrinth from 1986, um, directed by Jim Henson, um, starring David Bowie, Jennifer Connelly, and a lot of Muppets. Uh, there are <laughs> some other humans in the right. beginning. Some other humans in the beginning, but it's like this that bit we talked about last week where um Correct, correct. Um you know, they're all Muppets except for one one person. I mean uh Jennifer Connolly and David Bowie interact several times, but most of the time uh she's interacting with with Muppets. With Muppets, right. She's very young in this one. I, I didn't realize how how close in age we were. She's only like four years. Uh, or three or four years age different than me. Mm. Um, and, and I, when I had saw this as a kid, you know, when you're a kid ages, four years is a big difference. They're older. Right. right. If, if right. you're, if you are a, a, an eighth grader, a senior in high school is really like almost an adult. Right. Um, so I, I always envisioned her as being, you know, an adult or 20 something person, but she's not like 15. Right when she made this movie um, yeah making this movie i did not know anything about this movie um except that i was certain that it featured a maze and i knew that david bowie was <laughs> sure. in it i knew that david bowie was in it and he sings a song called magic dance or dancing music i think it's the actual title dance magic but dance right dance dance the magic dance and something about a baby because he talks about the baby in the song uh dance magic dance i don't think i even knew jennifer Connolly was in this um and yeah so so it was all fresh to me there were there were moments that i looked at and thought that's a kid movie thing right For it's sure, very right. Yeah. like i I don't know that I ever really had opportunities to watch this as a kid. I remember, you know, being over at my older cousins and it being on with her kids watching it or something. So maybe I knew that I wasn't allowed to watch it. Um, I don't quite know why, except for the like magic mythology stuff would have been big no-nos in that, in that era of the moral scare. Mm, sure. But, sure. um, it's well, very go- goblin, goblins are very like lumped in with 
demons and with demons, right, and all that and stuff. There's, there's definitely wizardry with the the mystic crystal ball. Etc. Yeah, for for all of the like, you know, magic and mysticism of this story, it's all pretty tame. Like, I don't think anybody dies except for a few like goblins, sort of. But even then, it's very cartoonish in like. You know, they're shooting a goblin in a cannonball out of a cannon, and he smacks into a wall, and it's just fine. Like he's making quips. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so, so yeah, it's very. Um, I mean, I guess it's a kids' movie. Like, it doesn't seem, it doesn't seem to me like a kids' movie for how like kind of disturbing it would be for a kid. Um, yeah. But there are are so many things in it that are that are a hundred percent kids movie, especially from that era, right? Right. Yeah i i I don't know. I think it is a kids movie. I, I there wasn't. It is. I mean, yeah. it's it's Muppets, right? It's that right. that's the the selling point there. It's Muppets. I, I know that the Muppet uh, people could be listening saying, "Well, the Muppets had a lot of you know uh, adult things with, it. especially the Muppet uh, TV show, The Muppets." The Muppet uh, Show, the yeah. The Muppet Show. Um, ha, ha, where they had, a, you know, celebrity guests on, and they were always paired. It was almost like a Saturday Night Live with Muppets is what it was. Um, so, but after the show, everything about the Muppets have been more centered around kids for sure, and that is this as well, um, I think. Um, the only, like, adult parts of it was maybe the Goblin King himself, but... I don't know. The Goblin King's just Bowie to me. There's there's no Yeah. There was nothing special about the Goblin King except that he was David Bowie. Right, right. Right. Um and, and to that to that part of it, um this this felt like a Muppet show type thing where they make a skit based on whoever the guest star of the week is. Hmm. Um, okay, sure, yeah. And 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 that's that's what they did. Like, okay, we're we got to we want to make a, a a fantasy thing. We're called Labyrinth. We've got an idea, a story, and then they're like, okay, we've got to get somebody to to be a highlining headliner for for our show. And and mm-hmm. then they went and like someone loved Bowie or the, they loved Bowie or it was a big thing. Like, let's get him in. Okay, now what can we do to to have this Bowie? You know, we'll put him as the Goblin King. Okay, cool, cool. Well, we got to let's ask him if he can write three songs. Right? right, and then he gave, they give him the the general idea of mm-hmm. what's going on here, and then he writes a song. It's got a few words that kind of matter, but <laughs> all the songs that he sings in there really have are not about what's going on at kind of at all. Like just sure, very lightly. Like he 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 sings "Remind Me of the Babe," but that is that doesn't make any sense. Even that phrase remind you remind me of the babe. He's talking to a goblin a babe with the power, the power of hoodoo voodoo. You remind me of the babe. Like <laughs> that's all complete nonsense. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, dance, magic dance, same thing. Um, and then he, the song he sings at the end, I'm like, Oh, this is the big like culmination. Basically she has to face off against the goblin King and he sings and it doesn't really, it's not telling the story like most musicals do. That's a big thing about musicals is that when they sing, sure. they're they're singing the plot or singing right. what's happening, yeah. the story. Bowie's songs in here don't have any of that. They're just Bowie songs. They're just three Bowie songs that he wrote, and they gave him general guidance. 
you know, yeah. on, on that stuff. Yeah, that's probably true. Yeah, and, and, and that's not a knock on Bowie or the thing. It's just that's, that's how the movie was made. Um, so, he and he really didn't, he was in it, but I think most of the movie was obviously her. Yeah. And all the other characters and her journey in the labyrinth. And, and, and we talked about last week, I'm not a huge boy fan. I'm not an anti-boy fan, but I'm not a, a rabbit boy fan. Sure. Uh, so his things in here, I didn't really care about. And I, and every scene that he was in, I was ready to go back to her scenes. Hmm. Um, because she had the cool journey, you know, sure. I, I almost wanted to write to our buddy Trotsky. He's always talking about wanting to, to pay attention to fantasy party movies. And this is basically kind of that she walks through, builds a party and then ends up at the end. Oh, you know, party. Like, yeah. Like, like, the D&D party. I always yeah, tune like out D&D when Trotsky says that because I, d- I don't agree with his. He he, <laughs> he calls things D&D that are not at all in, in my mind. No, yeah. Yeah, he, he means like a fantasy thing, but yeah. Right. Uh, I think, or who knows. Anyway, um, yeah, he, uh, so and that's what they do here. She goes through with her thing, which starts really fast, right? Yeah. Like in the real world, she's just a an insufferable character. <laughs> um, which is so weird. She's completely insufferable. And then when I realized she's like 14 or 15, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's probably how it. Yeah, uh, she's, a, she's, a, girl she's a teenage girl who is not not really, well, I mean, teenage girl with the, you know, the, um, what, fantastical fairy tale ideas of, of reality and, and mm-hmm. love and... Th- Barely love, even really, just like head in the clouds, fantasy world kind of, of right, kind yeah. of stereotype uh, uh, teenage girl, and 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 angsting against her stepmom, right? And um, you know, nothing's good, and hating her little baby sister or brother, right? And and all that kind of stuff. It, it's it, it's just cliche, and like I said, she's insufferable. And then, but that lasts for a grand total of maybe five minutes at most. Yeah. And then she does the terrible action. And then from then on, she's a completely different person. You know, she's sure. now regrets what she did and is kind. And again, that actually fits most teenagers who will lash out and be a complete insufferable one minute and then nice the next. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Whether you call that dramatic, emotional, hormonal. Hormonal. Or- yeah. All, all those words. Right. Yeah. Um, so, so that it, 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 it matches. Um, and then she goes on this journey that doesn't make a lot of sense, but it, it's not really, you don't really care whether it makes sense or not. Sure. I don't think I didn't at least, you know, it's just whatever she's going to come across next. Right. Is, is the, the plot device and that's fine. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It felt very, whether this was, um, eighties movie writing kind of, here's the stuff that is going to happen because it is, or it's either that or drawn from actual mythology, which, you know, it honestly could be both where so much of the like cultural reference and touchstone is lost that you're like, what? Okay, sure. Yeah. And then she comes up to whatever's next, the Minotaur or whatever, like Hercules, kind of stuff it's like this and then he went here and he fought this cyclops and then he went over here and he fought uh the hydra and um except without the fighting it just she meets these people and you know they they all just really want friends 
Yeah, which makes it more kid show, right? There's right. There is a there's a battle. There's two fights. One where she rescues the big guy. I can't remember his name. And Ludo. she just throws rocks at him randomly. And the goblins kind of attack themselves because they can't oh, see. Oh, right, right, or, yeah. Right? Yep, that's very it, it, that's very kid show stuff. It reminded me of uh, the original Ninja Turtles movie. <laughs> yeah, right, right. It's, it's that kind of stuff where you're like, just goofy. And then the other one is the big goblin fight at the end, which it's like four versus an army. And they are, the army's basically fighting themselves the whole time. <laughs> right, which, right. My first thought was like, is there two factions here that I'm, did, and I paused it and I'm like, is there a time that I missed where she made goblin friends of a faction or something? No, they're just attacking each other all the time. Um, and, and again, I, I don't mean this, I'm not putting it down on it because this is movie. You always just see a movie for what it is, right? Right. Um, they, they don't want her to be, get a sword and swing it around or to punch and fights and have, you know, yeah. superpowers. Yeah. It's, it's, not it's not that kind of story. And also it's a pretty common trope that the, yes. the forces of evil lose because they can't cooperate. Right. It happens in Tolkien. Correct. It happens all the time in wheel of time. Um, yeah, that's a, that's a very standard kind of, you know, good triumphs because evil is always the 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 bad people are always evil is dumb evil as they say either dumb or just you know selfish and and you know working their own angles and and not working together and you know all of those things yeah yeah um and so then then she does spoiler i don't know if we're in a spoiler thing because it's not really crazy spoilers but she gets to the end and there's not really even a showdown per se um she just says he can't hurt her he has then, he has no power over her yeah and, which i don't know what that means <laughs> right it's, just she, it's the other line says, from the from the book that she couldn't remember at the beginning of the movie oh okay but i still don't know what that which is another thing too it's like it's that thought of is this is this actually happening or is she just kind of making a story up? Is it, uh, is it all just a dream? Right. Which is, is a it common, all just a dream? Right. Like type, uh, type thing. Um, Wizard of Oz. It reminded me a lot of Wizard of Oz. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this movie, it should be said is, is a, like a lot of the other 80s movies that are like this. And then they're rightfully grouped together with it. Things like return to Oz or um, never ending story. Uh, they're, they're a story about a kid going on a fantastically dangerous adventure Mm -hmm. um, in a fantasy esque world and having to face what's terrible, scary things in a storybook um, and then overcome it. And they never usually have swords or weapons or any kind of thing. They just right. are kids, you know, yeah. they're, they're, they're stories, you know, they're, they're, yeah. they're, they're just night, basically fairy tale stories at the end of the night that you tell that kids get told. Right. Sure. Um, and, and in many ways this felt like uh it was Fred Savage being told a story type thing. Hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. Um, so yeah, all in all, I, I had mentioned last week that I could never make it through this. Um, I now watching the ending, I want to say that I have think I've made it through or it was on cause I recognized the mirror scene thing happening there. Sure. Um, but I, but I didn't remember a lot about it. I think, 
I got confused about the whole ending song with the Goblin King and then how she air quotes won. Mm-hmm. That I was like, I don't understand what's happening here. <laughs> and most of the time when I ever watched Labyrinth in the past, it was because it was on TV or um, a VHS. And I didn't want to like rewind a lot of stuff and go all the way over and figure it out. So um, I just sure. like, well, that movie makes no sense. So I just didn't pay attention, which is very <laughs> true. The ending makes really no sense. It just ends. Um, and I also lo- would often lose interest when the Bowie songs would happen. And that's true. Uh, I think I I, I want to change my my statement from last week that I always stopped watching when it was Magic of the Babe. I would often leave there, but I think it was Ma- Dance Magic Dance that ended up um, made me just stop watching the show. I mean, that's like, the I same song. You're, you're just oh, is is that the same? Song? Are you sure? No, yeah. Miami the Babe's a different song, isn't it? Than the other one. It's his second song, I think, when when he's singing. Um, I think the Remind Me of the Babe thing is just a like a like a bridge, like a breakdown in the middle of dance magic dance. <laughs> Who knows? Um, but it, it's, it's his, it's his second song that he sings. And, and I'm like, I just am over, over that. But this time, because I was happy that you picked this as a show, a show to watch, you know, I, I watched it all the way through and I did the thing that makes it a lot easier for me. I just skipped the songs because I know they don't actually matter. They're not mm. about what's happening and they're not advancing the plot in any way. So, I just yeah, skip over yeah. them and then I'm back into the story and that made me enjoy it like a whole bunch better. That's like, fair. It really did. Um, so I, my, and in the thoughts on this one is that I enjoyed it. I think it would be a great kids movie. Um, like I think most kids, they would just completely get lost at the, at the, the singing parts of it because the songs are just okay, but they're mainly meant for Bowie fans. Sure. Um, and, and not, they're not Elsa singing um, and doing cool stuff. Um, so that kind of sets it in a thing. But the the rest of it is just a little fun, a little fun, little adventure type stuff that I would recommend to somebody who is 12 I mean, or 13, probably. He's tossing a baby around, though I guess you didn't see that if you fast forwarded through the song. Uh, I mean, yeah, but he's just tossing the baby around. But like, why? And and what he's he's angry at her. But we don't know why, and I think because she says in that scene that that she's he's got the baby might give him some power, but he doesn't say why or what. That's all mysterious, and he never does. Sure, sure. Well, yeah, he's evil, but I mean, it's just he's he, evil. That's all right. It's just because he, he's evil. He has he's mad at her because she asked him to take the baby, and then he did, and she was mad about it, and he's like, "What the heck?" You know. That made right, like right. his motivations made perfect sense to me, which is probably says more about me than this movie. But uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, at the end, he says that to her. He tells her, like, you know, I did all the all, things you said, all, and all I'm pissed at me. All I'm doing is giving you what you wanted, and and now I'm the bad guy, right? Yeah, exactly. Right, and and so so when he sings his songs in the middle there, especially like when he sing, he tries to like seduce her. I think I don't I don't understand any of that, especially as a kid. You know, um, right, right. When they're in the dance scene type stuff, yeah. Um, but but I do want to say things I really did enjoy is very much like Neverending Story, the little bitty bits and pieces throughout. That's the that's the the sets. Like I liked the goblin fight. I liked sure. when they went to the the swamp and they had to overcome that. I like when they had to find the 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 big huge guy that controlled rocks and they did that. I like that there's these little bitty mini adventures through each one. And mm-hmm. that's fun. 
And I really, I really did enjoy that a lot. And it's probably why people love this so much. All the little Muppet characters are great. Even the, the kooky head people, head guys. Take right. The, the, the weird, like, is this, a, is this problematic? Is it a stereotype? <laughs> I can't tell because like one minute they're Rastafarians, but then another minute they just seem like uh, Grateful Dead fans, like, like rockers and it's very it's very muppets this so the story of this reminds me of wizard of oz a lot which is like here's a thing and then he sends the 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 crystals that are just like bubbles and then she pops it and she's trapped in a dream for a while that's the the ball the dance when she dances with david bowie and all that um very Wizard of Oz, and then like the sets and the production and the sort of like uh, shallowness of the story, shall we say? And I don't mean that to be that's a good that's actually a good term, yeah, derogatory, but but simple and straightforward. I mean, The Princess Bride has a simple and straightforward story. Uh, so does mm-hmm. so does A New Hope, original Star Wars. Um, yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, a lot of that, but these are even thinner than any of those. That it's plus just... the. Um, the set design of it reminded me of Legend, right? Very oh yeah, yeah. Lots sure, yeah. and lots of glitter, like everything is sparkling. All yeah. the like this, rocks. This made and... me want us to. This made me think well, I'm going to make you watch Legend next week, but I think we've already done that. We so. <laughs> yeah, we've definitely done that. Um, <laughs> yeah, and the you know focus on the on the female um, protagonist in 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 the story and all of that, and yeah, it's. Uh, you know, it. I. It's not my favorite movie or anything. I don't even know who I would recommend it to. It just sort of is what it is. It's, yeah, it's I, just labyrinth. I agree with that. There's not a lot to say about it. It just. Yeah, I mean, w- w- this is a good one recommended for a recommended if you like type thing. Like, I would say you to recommend it if you like um, the Neverending Story. Neverending Story Legend. Probably, there's probably a couple others in that list but yeah right yeah although i will say legend to me is heads and tails just because of tim curry being insane mm. in that in that movie sure um like i if if tim curry and his his darkness was in this one as opposed to bowie's that's a real big thing like look at tim curry and his his darkness devil demon terrifying cloven hoof guy versus mm. David Bowie in a in a, a skin tight pants that shows his crotch <laughs> out and singing songs uh, while spinning a crystal ball around. Is, I know they're supposed to be different characters, but hair, they're but yeah, yeah, they're sure. they're totally different kinds of stuff in there. But both movies have you know kind of Muppets as as characters throughout it and right, um, right, type things. All yeah. right. So uh, what, what do we have for next week? I can't even. Look. It's it's your pick, and we didn't. Uh... We didn't prep for this, so you're gonna have to. Okay. Um, have Have you watched Excalibur? Have you actually watched it? Sit down and watch that one. No, no, I don't think so. Okay, so let's watch that one. Um, it's a 19. I want to say 70s, late 70s, early 80s, maybe. Oh wow. Uh, tale of it's based on the Arthurian legend book called Lamorta Arthur, which is I think one of the most old definitive versions of what you think of um king the love, arthur the love of archer archer. Of archer arthur <laughs> arthur arthur yeah 
Um, I think Lamort Arthur is actually the death of the death the death of Arthur. Of Arthur. Oh, Lamort. Um, okay. Yeah, M O R T E. Yeah. Um, and I thought you said Lamort. Uh, oh yeah. So so it it has it has all of what you would want to know about the classic Arthurian legend. None of you know as as everything that's been put into the public IP f- forever. People have different takes on things, and stories evolve. And when I see the Little Mermaid story now being told, I think that's not the Disney version, you know, type thing. Right. right. Um, th- this is this is kind of the original of it, um, sure. and I think it's pretty, pretty. Cl- I remember it being pretty close to that book, uh, although okay. that book was hard to read when I read it back in high school. Sure. Um, so, and I've always been a big King Arthur fan. So when, when I watch this one now, I can't remember. I'm going to watch it this time with a critical eye for how does it hold up to like sure could I to to modern fantasy things and would this be something worth recommending to people today because th- things I can like have a lot to do with history right like a, sure where I was in life and such so right yeah yeah personal history of course yeah per- personal history right so and and I and I want to watch it from that perspective and. Um, and also now that I know things about acting and characters, um, uh, John Luke Picard is in this one. Hmm. Uh, so Sir, Sir Patrick Stewart. Sir, Sir Patrick Stewart, correct? Yeah, in in his full uh, stage acting, you know, height of his career type stuff. Right. Right. Um, yeah. Wow. Yeah. So I, uh, yeah, and I'm glad that you haven't watched this one all the way through, so you can help me see if that's something worth watching uh, or, or not. Nice. nice. Cool. And it's been um, on my list for a long time for us to watch. So sure, sure. Uh, okay, what else have we got here? Um, I've been playing a new video game. Um, I was you going have. to. You don't play a lot of video games these days. I do, but not really worth talking about, right? I'll spend hours and hours playing Factorio. Um, not true. I Which did, I did pick up a couple like a week or so ago. I did dust off a a relatively new, but I've played several times game called Shipbreaker. I think I've talked about that before. It's basically you. I I broke I broke out that game this week. That's the news, Dennis, that I didn't tell you about that I'm springing on you. I actually downloaded it and played that game this week. Nice, nice. Be- it's be- because you played it. It's it's okay. Um, the whole challenge of it is that you're in zero gravity and you're kind of cutting apart a, a you know a ship for salvage. But as you advance in the tech, it gets more and more complicated and difficult, and it kind of clashes with what to me is the the whole point of that game is just a a zen kind of cut apart a ship and there's a there's an easier mode so if i play it again i probably will go back to that but um the we we didn't really say the full name of that it's called hard something hard hard space shipbreaker space shipbreaker um yeah and it's it's just okay to me um i i can i I add to that one because you had talked about this before and you had also had occasionally, like you do Factorio, mention it again in, in, in our, our chats. Um, n- not a lot. You don't talk a whole lot. Right? Just just the same way you talk about Factorio. Like, oh, I'm playing this again. I did a thing or whatever. Or you repeat or something. Yeah. So it, I had realized that it had been on um, a Game Pass. And mm, right. I had gotten into my library thinking, like, oh, there's that game that he talks about. And never actually played it. So this last weekend, I set out to play some games so that I could talk about them on the show. Um, and that was one of them. And I, so I spent probably two evenings, two full evenings, like until like one in the morning, at least on bo- uh, playing Shipbreaker. Um, 
my, my my review of it is I could totally see how you, you say the, the Zen part of it for sure. Mm-hmm. The the part that bothers me with that Zen, because I, I was in that kind of feeling too with it, except it really bothers me when they put a timer on it, which is real, real, sure. real soon. Like that I have to have it done in 15 minutes or something was like, I mean, granted, you don't. You take however many times you make. You come back more, to it and do it more. Yeah, yeah. But but it was real. It, every time that that part is super annoying to me that I have to just, you know, quit, press space bar like four times so that I can go back <laughs> to doing what I was doing. Yeah, like, well, yeah. This is just a dumb mechanic that they can be like, your time limit has time limit. Now you're you're charged 500,000 credits. They could have just done that and let me keep going. Sure. Um, yeah, and there's which, a whole. Which I would have liked a lot. There's a whole sort of story happening. That's that. I don't know. Pete says it's dumb. I've not played enough. I, I was to, annoyed by it a little bit. It, it's kind of because <laughs> really all you want to do is get in and tear ships apart. Like you don't care about yes. this evil corporation story happening. Um, yeah, uh, but I think yeah, that they kind of have to put that in there because I think I think that if they had just launched a game with just the ship breaking part of it, people would have been said like it's a ho- called it a hollow game and nothing too real to it. Sure, yeah, um, it's not. They wouldn't but, have been able to charge more than five bucks for it. And, and yes, whatever, yeah. but but yes, I felt that kind of way. Say too, there this whole like okay, they're going to start talking about unions to me here. Right, and literally the game is about unions. Yeah, um, and and I'm like okay, this is and what's worse is that. The, the scenes where they're just talking are unskippable. Yeah, so you, have you, to, can't... you have to wait for them to... I would I would often alt-tab out and just check up on Discord something or else. something while that was happening. Yeah. Right. So so there's just... Uh, I, and I haven't played very much further, just so you know where I'm at. Um, I have gotten to... Um, which I think what's a big thing. I did the nuclear... The nuclear the, cores of them, I have the to reactors, get out yeah. in certain time, reactors, and I've gotten like one or two stages past that. Um, sure. And and I appreciate the power ups because I my my first thought when I was going to talk about this was like I can't stand how slow everything is and how long mm-hmm. it takes to get back to get oxygen things like that. Yeah, uh, real annoying. And then the power ups kind of quickly help you out with that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. And it's um, I it's an early access, or at least it was for a long time. So I played some earlier versions and some of that difficulty curve has been flattened out where it's yes it still starts just as hard but the the upgrades the first upgrades seem to be cheaper um so you get past that point pretty quick so that's yeah that's good which which made me have some contemplation at this morning during my morning coffee about game design with when it comes to this is that you know you i think for me something i like about games is a progression I like being able to go from uh, a little villager to a, a legendary hero. Sure. Right? And um, and how games handle that is very important. In Shipbreaker, I felt frustrated. I felt frustrated for the, at least the first two ships that, mm-hmm. you know, it, everything was so very arduous. And that is intentional because their gameplay loop is the fact that they want you to continue to get better and feel better. And then you become, you know, more accomplished as you become a better character. Sure. Um, that's how they they do their progression. But I've also recently played Zelda: a Link to the Past, which I think is one of the best gameplay type ga- or game design ca- games. And a lot, my favorite way is one that starts you out feeling like you're at least kind of competent. Like there's goblins, and you can walk up and swipe at a goblin, and and they're they they die. But then you walk over, and there's a dragon that one shots you, and you're like, oh my god. Uh, mm. So you know to kind of stay in your lane, but you still sure. feel powerful within that lane, right? Um, 
And then you feel even more powerful when you get a sword that can go fight that dragon. Right. Um, so I, I, what, what I'm not a fan of in some games is that you feel powerless and frustrated and their answer to make you feel better is to um, become not frustrated anymore. Um, Hmm. And 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 then yeah, feel powerful. Yeah. I, I'm not putting that heavy on Shipbreaker because they quickly get past that pretty fast. They sure they've ironed that out. But it did make me think of that in general. So anyway, Ship uh, Shipbreaker, yeah, uh, I it, it's it's okay. Um, I have I had some frustrating moments where you know pieces would get stuck and I can't move them. Right. Um, and that's real annoying. The timer was real annoying. Um, <laughs> But, you know, cutting stuff up was pretty fun. I, I enjoyed mm-hmm. that. Um, do, doing the job was pretty fun. I don't understand any or care about any of the money at all. Like, you right. get credits and stuff. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. The whole thing is that you're getting charged and store. Like, I don't even care. Just run back and put, give me more stuff, more oxygen. Right. Um, they intentionally give you, like, trillions of credits. It's, like, so that you kind of making fun of the future or something. Yeah. Um, but because of that, it's just a bunch of numbers that I don't even know. Right. Um, so, so that part of it, um, but yeah, the core, the core part of like you had said and you recommended is going and just take your time chilling. And I agree with you that that free play mode or whatever that is feels probably like the best way to play that game for me in the same way that might be for you. Um, yeah. Just going out there and cutting up some ships and putting them in the right spots and doing it in the right order. And I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sorry, I know I put it in there, but I was excited about that that game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's yeah. I mean, you you pretty well nailed it. But I, I don't I don't know how much I'll go back if or if at all that I'll go back to it. Um, if I did, I won't. I don't think I'll go back and play the campaign. I did, like I said, played solidly for many many hours. Um, I'd say eight hours. Uh, but. I don't think I'll go back to the campaign, not because it's bad or that it's hard or I'm stuck, but if I go back and play it, I'll want to just make a ship and just play it the free thing for a couple hours and enjoy mm-hmm. that part of it. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of where I'm at with it. Yeah. It's still free on Game Pass, so if you've got Game Pass, people can just get, grab it. Nice. Didn't cost me anything. Nice. Or what, ten bucks a month or some kind of thing. All right, right. The subscription. Um okay, so the new game. It's uh it's early access and I think we said last week though this won't be relevant because it's already over now so it'll be well over by the time anybody hears this. Um Steam had a base builder t- I think base builder is what they call oh, it. Oh, this is the game. You know what? I there's very few times that I that I I'm well not very few times. There's there's a few times in our show where I'm excited for a segment. This is one of them. <laughs> because I know you're going to talk about against the storm. Yeah. And, yeah. So this and, is a and this I, and I want to know what this is before I spend my money. Yeah, this is a game called Against the Storm. It is early access, but um, yeah. our buddy Aaron... It is, it, how does it feel? Is it very early access? Do you feel like, ah, oh, this is not completed even? Like no, it feels board. like a game. Actually, it, it when okay. when uh, Pete said something about the sale being almost over, I was like, oh yeah, it's early access. I guess that means at some point they're going to wipe progress. Maybe. I don't know that that's true or not. But Oh, so it's um, kind of like progress. Okay, all right. Yeah, so okay, I'm, I'm jumping ahead. You go ahead with the description. You, Sorry, you are jumping ahead. Um, so, <laughs> so Aaron mentioned this game, and I told him because I I glanced over that list, and I was like, man, Steam's being playing real loose with the definition of base builder because they had right, like yeah. Fallout on there. Um, right. 
And I was like, let me know if you see anything that looks Factorio-ish. Because I want, you know, I like games like that, but I don't like, I just, you know, hit the, launch the rocket at my latest Factorio run. And I'm like, I need something to to keep me from starting a new run with different mods. Because I don't, I don't need that. Um, and he said this game was good. And I was like, okay, well, in the sale, it was like maybe 15 bucks. And I was like, I'll try it. Um, I looked at the tagline, it, it wasn't even tagline, it was uh, a Reddit, like on the subreddit or something, when I googled it, I was like, what is Against the Storm? And it said, Against the Storm is a steampunk, something like this, I'm not quoting verbatim, is a steampunk base building game, or town building game, uh, set in a fantasy world where it never stops raining. And I'm like, okay, that's a weird, that's a weird <laughs> way to describe it. Actually. It, 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 like it, it sounds terrible, actually. It does, it does kind of sound terrible. Um, the best way I can explain this is that the actual gameplay sits somewhere in between SimCity and, uh, Starcraft or Warcraft. So you, you build buildings, but you don't just drop whole buildings like you do in Factorio. You put the blueprint down and then your people build it, right? There is, there are no classes of people. There are races, Right, so there are. When you start, you get humans, beavers, and lizard folk, and they can all do anything. But some of them are better at certain things. Um, the beavers are good at anything with like engineering or like chopping down wood, right? Which makes sense. Um, okay. The lizard folk are good at like food-based stuff, like collecting. Um, 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 eggs and, and meat and, and things from nodes. Um, and the humans are good at like farming and some, there's a, one of the things either where you're like, you're harvesting wild, um, produce like wild wheat. And I think they're good at that. Um, but anyway, you put buildings down, they build them. Um, some of them you can move, which is really nice right that that's one okay. of my most my big frustrations in in uh town building games is you set something up and you're like oh i don't have enough space now i've got to tear everything down and rebuild yeah. it all um there are buildings like production buildings that you can't move so you do have to kind of get a sense um for how that works and then you build um like roads in between because your people can move faster on the roads yeah. um that's the actual like mechanics of what you're doing um but then the the unique thing at least to me it's unique i've not seen anything like this um is that well there are a couple things um it has a lot of not deck builder but more like um what is it? Is it Slay the Spire? Whatever is the archetypal example of the game presents you with two or more options and you have to pick yeah. one. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, like Vampire Survivors does that and Soulstorm Survivors. Yeah, yeah. Both of those survivor games do that. Um, so in Against the Storm, you you have a catalog of what they call essential buildings, essential blueprints. Those are buildings you always have. Um, there's like a generic building uh, shelter, like a house, right? Holds three people. 
and you always have that. Right. Um, but there are specialized buildings for the different races, and you can maybe unlock those when they pop up as you have an option to pick a blueprint. But you might have yeah. to choose between three or four, well, two or three other options in that, like, choice, right? It's like you get one blueprint, you have to pick what you're going to what you're going to do and there are um redundancies okay right so you know maybe you want let's see um back up here maybe you have humans in your settlement and and humans can eat any kind of food maybe not any kind of food i think there are basic foods that all the races can eat but there is a kind of food they really like. I think it's biscuits, right? And to get right. biscuits, you need um, heat, you need fuel, um, and you need uh, flour. Well, you can make flour in a mill, or there's a there's a provisioner building that can make flour. And I think, like, the building, maybe it's the building that makes bricks, or something that would have like the equipment for for mashing grain whatever okay can also make flour but the mill makes flour at a three star the provisioner makes it at two and the brick factory makes it at one what that means is the the higher the star rating the fewer ingredients that building needs to make flour to make the same amount of flour right so the okay. the the three-star one is more efficient. It won't use as much um, whatever, like, grain that you um, that you convert, right? And so it becomes this sort of, you know, min-max... Not min-maxing, but, like, um, efficiency uh, kind, of, kind of game. Um, so the, 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 choice, the choice thing is, the big, is, is one big part of it. Um, another part is that... It's not open-ended the way that most of these town-building um, sim games are. Right. Um, just, they just go on forever until you feel like... They just go on forever. This... It sort of has a timer, but not in the way that Shipbreaker has a timer. Um, okay. At the bottom of your screen, you have two gauges, and there's all this stuff about lore. Um, I could give you the lore, as I understand it, explanation or the mechanics explanation. Um, basically there's a blue gauge and a red gauge. Um, as time goes on, the red gauge fills up. Um, and your goal is to fill the blue gauge before the red gauge gets full. Um, okay. There are, there's a, uh, um, a table of, of tasks. Um, they're called orders, I think that will unlock at certain intervals. Right, so after like two minutes into the game, you'll get three task choices. And just like the blueprints, there are three choices, and each one you click on it and it'll give you two options. So you're like, do I want to do this quest or this quest? What is the what is the um the map look like? What resources do I have? How hard is it gonna be? Sometimes it'll be one you've already done, right? It's like okay. here's a task, here's an order that says you know, build 35 squares of, of road. And I'm like, well, I already have 35 squares of road, so I'll take that task and then I can turn it in right away. Um, every time you complete a task, 
the blue meter goes up and the red one goes down. Okay. Um, and then there are passive things where if your people are happy, right, if they have their specialized kind of house, some of them want coats if it's because it's raining all the time. If they have yeah. their specialized kind of food, if you build a tavern and you're also producing ale, then the, that need will be satisfied and their happiness meter goes up. And when they hit a certain happiness threshold, that blue meter will just slowly advance as the clock ticks. Um, it also has the SimCity thing where you can adjust the clock speed, um, which is really nice. Oh, that's if good. you're just waiting, you're like, oh, I just need to clear these trees and there's nothing else I can do until that happens. Let me just turn the speed all the way up. Um, wait a couple minutes, you know, 30 seconds and then and then that will that will go and so um what else have i not um not explained so H then how, how many how many uh rounds have you gone gone through it i guess so so there's a big world map right and you start okay. there's a there's a citadel right it's like the the big citadel in the middle and you can go a certain radius and everything past that is fog of war um and it's a map of hexes and you you scroll around on the map and you pick a spot you're like this is where i'm going to do my settlement and then you do this thing where you try to fill up the blue bar and then once you do the settlement's done you can go back to playing it but i've never done that because it tells you like you won't get any more rewards you can't do this and this it's basically telling you this town's done go back to the map oh, and okay. and that depending on the mode you're playing takes maybe an hour plus or minus oh, okay um and then the town is done and so that is a big bonus for me because you know as i said many times in a game like factorio or dyson sphere project or satisfactory I'll just play for hours because there's always some right. task to do um, where right. with this, right. you finish a town and I'm like, uh, do I want to do another town? Maybe I'll go for a walk, make some food, and then maybe I'll play another town. Maybe I'll do something else. Um, it's a nice break in the, in the, the flow of playing games like this. Um, yeah. But the, <laughs> the word I didn't say uh, that I probably should have much earlier on is, roguelike <laughs> that's, yeah that's that's what what made me the interesting part of this whole thing was that this is a builder that's a roguelike that's right weird. so so every time you finish a settlement you get rewards in the form of xp and an upgrade currency well there's several upgrade currencies of course but um and some of that you can affect there are a couple of those that you can gather in the settlement and then i think you take them out i've not figured out quite how that works but okay. um and then there are of course uh achievements right they're like yeah. win a win a settlement with nobody dying win a settlement in under 60 mm -hmm, minutes mm -hmm, win mm -hmm. a settlement with at least 15 beavers um and each of those you go to a page where all the achievements are they call it something else um and you click on each of them and it gives you XP. And then your your player level goes up. And every time you hit a new level, you unlock a new set of blueprints. Um, most of those aren't blueprints you have. 
but they're now available in the pool. So for the first couple games, you don't have um, uh, the mine, which is what you need to get copper or coal if it's on the map. So it'll be on the map, but you can't gather it because you don't have the building um, to do that. And yeah. you'll you eventually unlock it. And then you have these upgrade currencies where you go to the tech tree, which is all... It's kind of linear, like you you do, um, um, you know, sort of straight up these lines, um, yeah. And those will up will will unlock uh, specific bonuses. Like I have mine to the point where I always have the human houses. Um, I have the normal shelters too, but I have the human houses available all the time, so I don't have okay. to try and choose between that and something else. Um, okay. That those two things, the character level and the upgrade tree, are the roguelike permanent upgrade things. Oh, okay. Right? And then the the roguelike cycle of it, at least now I've played everything on the easiest difficulty. So I don't know what happens like if you lose a settlement, like the red oh, okay. bar fills up. That's never happened yeah. for me yet. Okay. Um the the world map has a timer that i think is based on how long it takes you to complete a settlement right each each one adds up and it drops your settlement on the timeline yeah. and when that timeline is full something in the lore that they call the blight storm comes all of the people flee into the citadel because that's the only safe like high ground when the storm Correct. comes and the storm wipes out the land right it turns everything back into trees i don't think i said this at the beginning but the maps are these big islands that are just filled with trees and you're in a clearing in the middle and all around you are what they call glades which are other clearings um okay. and they're marked some of them are marked dangerous and the other ones wow. are not and they're safe so you use your um uh woodcutters camps to cut down the trees and you could sort of uh, indicate to your um, to your people what trees to prioritize, right? So you say, cut okay. through these trees and we're going to get to this glade and hopefully there are some good resources there. Um, and then the dangerous ones will have um, some kinds of hazards. Usually it's like, here's a cave or here's a, here's a building full of escaped prisoners and you have to send some of your workers in with some resources on a timer to resolve it. And then you have to pick a reward. Um, mm. And it has like a 10 minute timer. And if you don't do that within 10 minutes, it's going to do something. It's going to okay. kill some of your villagers. It's going to spawn some totems that you have to send workers to deal with. Um, all of that kind of stuff. Anyway, I got, right. I got sidetracked. So the, the blight storm comes, it wipes out the map and then you start over. Um, but you save all your upgrades and you get some bonus resources depending on some factors that I've not figured out yet. But um, then you start over with a new map. Um, also, the world map has a similar kind of mechanic to the glades where out in the fog of war, there are question marks. And as you build settlements, you your visibility expands and that might be a challenge it might be a, a reward of some kind um i built a village near one of those that was like some kind of big monastery 
and yeah. it it gave my um my the settlement that I did near it had the restriction that I could not um um restrict consumption there's a thing called consumption control where you could say you know I don't want any of the humans to eat the beaver food just to the simple yeah. I've I've never messed with that because I've I've not really needed to I'm not playing on a high enough difficulty that I yeah. that I need to worry about it um but those are some are boons and some are um are sort of curses and then the only other mechanic well the only there's a lot but the only other big mechanic that I didn't mention is that it is always raining but the <laughs> the, ti- <laughs> the timer goes in these cycles as you play through years right but the years are like five minutes or something um where it alternates between drizzle and storm so sometimes it's just drizzling and that's like the spring of the map and then it's storming which is like the dark and in the usually from what i've seen in the drizzle period you have buffs that that buff and the people are happier etc and then in the storm the people get sad and you have some other like modifiers and so there are all of these modifiers on every map even just when you start before because periodically um just like the tasks the game will offer you buffs to say like oh this one will give 15 percent to wood production but this one will give me two extra amber which is the currency um when 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 a new caravan of 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 people arrive um Hmm. and you have to pick just like everything there are like seven different things in this game where you have to pick between a couple options um so all of that is all the all the mechanics um what i like about it i already said the the short game duration it makes it very easy to just sit play one and then move on or maybe play another one um yeah. as, as is more often the case um yeah. it's because of because the map is always different and the again the game the the settlement duration is short and the cards available are different um every every village feels different sometimes you have different people uh you know different different races so i'm like oh this time i don't have any lizard folks so i maybe don't focus as much on um meat production or um this time there's no uh, what they call fertile soil which is where you can put farms instead of because those are the two you either set up farms and those will plant and sow on the on the season cycles between drizzle and storm or there are resource resource nodes on the map like here are berries and i need a specific building uh to gather berries and here's wild weed and i need a different building for that and here are some kind of meat like these are nests with eggs and i need a a different building for that but those are all like like the gold in in warcraft um or the crystals in starcraft they consume right you put a building there they gather for a while but then the node runs out and are there any more nodes of that type and then 
the the buildings you have are different. So I'm like, okay, well, here's a building, here's a tavern, right? In the tavern, the people can get a bonus from um, recreation if I have ale, but maybe I don't have a building that makes ale, or I have the building yeah. that makes ale, but I don't have the grain. Like the people are all eating mm-hmm. yeah. vegetables and and meat. And there's no grain to make ale. It's like, which building do I want? And which, um, you know, am I going to do more dangerous glades because I have more of the tools that you need to handle those events? Or am I going to focus more on the safer ones and just get the resources and try to make people happy? Or do I have tasks? Did I get assigned tasks that I'm not going to be able to do because I don't have um, the right resources to get whatever it is that I need for that that quest, but I can look at the meter and go, I'm really close. If I just what if I put this here and make some of the 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 um meat skewers that the lizard folk like, then they'll be happy and the meter will just tick up to full and I can I can win the map that way. It's just a different yeah. way of thinking about um town builder games. It's more Oh for sure. It's much more objective based than I mean you know, which is good. We, I think I think combatter games have really like that's one of the weak parts for me is that they just never end. Definitely and, in like a SimCity kind of game, yeah. you're like, yeah, it's just build a town. How how big? What do you want to do? Whatever you want to do. It's just pure sandbox, and that's and I, and fun. Even talking about Factorio was good because it had a goal at least, right? That you right. Do. Right. This is much more like the goals are much more um, immediate. Right. I have one of my goals might be, you know, to do to build this building and and have 15 leather like, well, I don't have anything on the map giving me leather, but there's a whole trade thing. Right. Like traders, you build a building and you can send caravans to other towns and do this whole thing. But every on a timer, a trader will come and offer. They have some things they'll buy and some things they'll sell. Um, I say, oh, well, the trader has leather. Let me just. Let me look at the rewards for that task. Oh, it's going to give me five amber for the for the quest, and it's going to cost me two to buy 15 leather. I'll just buy that leather, complete the task, and then and then keep going. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, yeah. That, that, yeah that, I mean, that, that sounds pretty cool so far. I mean, it, I'm enjoying I, it. I was, I w- when I, when I was kind of just, I didn't know. I wanted to wait to, for to you to talk about it before I actually like read too much about it. I just looked at some mm. of the pictures and and uh, g- got the general synopsis of the half of three sentences, you know, off a of Steam thing. <laughs> um, that's as far as I got, and it sounded okay. I, I missed the uh, the. I didn't see that it was on sale until after it was already passed uh, over. Oh, yeah. Uh, so it's like twenty bucks now, which is fine. Um, yeah, it was not a huge. I mean, you know, so, so yeah, it's not like a seventy dollars game. F- Fifteen uh, to twenty dollars makes a difference for somebody, but um, sure. Um, it was but not but I, I was thinking, but when I on that little bit, I was like, well, I don't, you know, I like, for example, in Factorio or um, Satisfactory or whatever. Like, like I will go to bed at night and rethink about how I can redo that factory better or more efficiently, right? And make my my thing. So the the idea of having to end it all and start all over again every you know so often felt like this is not what I want to be. But the way you described it and the way it all it does and the roguelite parts of it and how 
it just as a pace and things change that changes what i think of it it's not that very you know heavy technical you know take days upon days to get your right all right set up and type thing, and i you know? i didn't i didn't think about this until you were describing it but the issue that I probably, and you know, I alluded to this earlier, talking about how you can move buildings. I have this problem in all these games where, you know, I'll do something and then later I'll figure something out, right? I'll go, oh, well, this production building has to move ingredients to and from the big warehouse building. So I really, instead of building it way over here, I wanted to build it close, but I can't move it now because it's, yeah. it's a big production building. But it doesn't matter because the map is only going to last an hour and then you're going to start over. And so every time it it has built into it that impulse in these kind of games where you want to do something differently, but you don't necessarily want to like tear everything down and, you know, or maybe you can't or or whatever, but it's built into the game. But you yeah. don't even have to, and you don't have to obsess about optimizing so much because, again, it's not going to let you like, okay, well, I know that I want to do this. So let me clear out these trees and do, and then you just know that the next time that you have to build the housing buildings close to this big hub. And, yeah, and, and next so you time is like the trees. six months from now when you decide you want to play the game right. again. Right, yeah. exactly. It's, it's just another, I mean, it's kind of, it's kind of roguelite type stuff. It's like, hey, next time I want to try this other thing, and you can do it pretty quickly without having right. to, you know, do yeah. it again. Now the other side, two downside to roguelites are that you get caught up with next time and next time and next time, and it's like four yeah. times in a row. And this one sounds like the roguelite bit of it is an hour at a time, so that could be uh, some addictive parts of it. So that's not a, ne- a negative. It's just it's way is what it is. Yeah, it's 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 just like the Hades thing where you're like, uh, yes, I'll maybe do one more run. <laughs> one but, more time right but unlike at least at the at the lowest difficulty unlike most roguelikes um i'm not failing every time right which is a difference yeah. um you know probably at the higher difficulties that happens more and i don't know what that that experience is like but that's you know what playing hades is like you you play until you die and then you start over um this right. is is more like you play a town and you just try to play the town better next time. Yeah. Cool, man. That actually sounds pretty fun. I think I might I actually, now I'm going to go back and watch a, a few plays and see the videos of it and see how that goes. I always, I'm always a little sad, sad, not sad, but always like disappointed is the word. Uh, when you go to Steam and they have videos, but they're always videos of like just trying to show off the game, which never. Mm. Never. I have. I can't think of one time when I've watched a video on the Steam <laughs> store pages and they're like, oh, man, that's what I want because they're all well, a lot of times they'll show mostly the cinema scene parts of it. Sure. Sure. The is, cinematics or if it's if it's a game like Soulstone Survivors or or Vampire Survivors, they're just going to show you the screen filled with spell effects and chaos. And you're like, what is this? This doesn't look fun. This looks. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like madness. Um, so so a lot of times I'll I will like to go to to YouTube and see a quick two minute you know this is you know, the game the actual gameplay of somebody playing playing it a bit or a longer one and skip through it, um, so uh, th- that's what I think I'm gonna do with this because because won't go to the Steam store and see that I'm sure they'll just show a bunch of villages being built which you know it's every game, 
Um, right. I actually want to see some of those things. So, but, but, you know, who knows? Maybe I'll just I'll buy it outright. Cool. That's, that's awesome. Uh, what, what do we else we got here for today? Uh, oh, we're over. Know, we're time. running long, though, so, oh, so we should. Four. We'll talk. I just played a game called Dicey Dungeons. Um, as I'll say, I'll spend 30 seconds. Uh, it's a dice placement game where you roll dice and put them in the right stuff. Uh, things kind of like cards, put them in spots. They, it triggers an ability. Um, hmm. It's, again, another one of those free on Game Pass things. Uh, mm-hmm. I would get, I'd give it a pass. It wasn't engaging. It didn't feel drive, driven on to do more. It is a roguelite type thing, so you can go through it. You go through a, a round and fight some some bad guys, and then you know get unlock a character that does different stuff. But none of the character, all the characters so far that I've unlocked and playing it, three or four uh, characters are harder and more difficult. And the very first character is the only one that's like fun. <laughs> they just oh. get they just start to get. They Weird. start to get more complex and more difficult to play, and I'm like, "That's I don't want I don't want that. I want the, I want a game to make it easier for me and more fun to play, not harder and less fun to play." So, <laughs> sure, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I, I, yeah, I think I, I would pass on that one. Um, and I like those dice placement games generally. Um, sure, but yeah, uh, I, I have picked up a game called Role Player that uh, our buddy Trotsky wants me to play, and that's a dice placement game. So we'll talk about that next week. I heard about that? Yeah, I, I haven't. I haven't played it yet, but I'll look I'll, forward to. Yeah, to the reports. All right, you've been listening to the Front Porch. This is episode two hundred and eighty-two. Thanks always to our friends at LRM Online. Check them out for reviews on all the things. If you want to reach out to us and let us know your favorite roguelike games on Steam. You can do that via email. Our address is frontporchpod at gmail.com. Or you can go to our website, frontporchpodcast.com, and use contact forms there to reach out to us. If you enjoyed the show, please consider please consider subscribing on the podcast of your choice. And while you're there, if you leave us a review, we appreciate that. It helps us out a lot. As always, thanks so much for joining us. Until next time, I'm Dennis. And I'm Michael. For the Front Porch. Night, everybody. See you next time.